Welcome to the Midcast, presented by the Mission Initiative Group of the Baptist Union of Scotland. Each month we will look at some of the key issues for mission in Scotland today. We'll bring you experienced voices, practical insights and unique stories, all focused on the mission of the church in Scotland. Hi there, welcome to the Midcast. Thanks for taking time to download this episode. We're going to try and do just a few quick episodes over the course of the next few weeks that allow us to take some time to reflect on much of the technology that we're using uh, in the light of the coronavirus crisis we have in our country just now. We're going to try and get people to tell stories of what they're doing, uh, what works, and maybe some stories of what hasn't worked. uh, And hopefully there will be a mutual learning that can come from that. So we're going to try and put out one a week. Uh, This first one, and we have a conversation uh, with uh, two pastors uh, and myself who all tried different things with technology this past weekend. Uh, I guess all of us in the space of a week had to become somewhat proficient with technology if we were going online at all. And uh, we're all in three very different churches and we did three very different things. So hopefully this conversation will let you know some options that are out there but also some lessons that we've learned over the past week. So I have with me uh, today Martin Clark uh, from Hillview Community Church in Aberdeen. Martin has been a guest on the Midcast before, so I think he might be our first return guest. I wish it was in different circumstances. Uh, And I have Stephen Crothers from Adelaide Place Baptist Church in in Glasgow, not Aberdeen at all, in Glasgow. Uh, So uh, guys, uh, welcome along. Uh, to the Midcast. Thank you very much. It's good to be here, Glenn, despite the circumstances. Yeah. Uh, so, Stephen, I wonder if we could start with you. Um, we're just going to go around with the same questions to all three of us. But um, So maybe if you could just take a moment to describe your context, tell us a little bit about Adelaide Place, and then what you tried to do this past Sunday and what you were trying to achieve with that. Yeah, so we are a city centre church, is probably the first obvious thing to say. Uh, city centre of Glasgow, not Aberdeen, as you're about to say. And we are a pretty diverse crew in some ways. Um, quite a good split in age ranges in the church. Um, people are, we've always said people are quite consciously urban in the sort of people that come. Like they, they, uh, there's, there's a bit of a mindset and an appreciation of the, the city centre thing of why people kind of commit to our community. Uh, we've been growing, especially, I would say, among the young professional students and more recently those uh, maybe seeking asylum as well has been uh, an avenue of, of just new uh, growth and people coming around our community. Uh, largely, it's a group of people who... So some a bit tired from maybe some experiences of church, so which is probably normal. We all we probably all have different um, expressions of that, but uh, there's a sense of people really longing for something, maybe just authentic community or genuine community is, is the strand that is kind of uh, a big feature of our place, and so. That's, that's us in a nutshell, but in terms of what we are trying to achieve, we went down the route of a pre-recorded uh, premiere on YouTube, which was uh, 
I, I, you know, it was such a fast week. I can't even remember how we arrived at that conclusion. There was a whole series of conversations that happened very quickly. And um, we, we, we landed on the idea of, of trying to do a worship gathering um, online, premiered on YouTube at our normal church time. So you can see if you go to Adelaide, if you Google or sorry, YouTube and search Adelaide Place Baptist Church, you'll get the, the full thing and get a sense of what it was. Um, I, I think we were trying to do two things with it principally. Um, I could probably say that more in retrospect rather than actually being that clever at the time. But I think we were just doing, trying to give it a, a sense of uh, an encouragement and sense of familiarity for those in our church. So it's really the goal is about giving a point of stability. And from what I've seen and heard and all the different ways people have done it over the last uh, couple of weeks, people just appreciate that and, see, and seem to certainly appreciate in our context, just something that has a presence that gives a point of uh, stability amidst all the instability and crisis. And then the other thing would be a bit of a wake-up call to go on the front foot and, uh, with mission and to reach a new audience. That became a theme later on in the week in our conversation as we realized a different platform. And yes, okay, how do we encourage and show the community we're still here, we still want to worship Jesus. But actually, rather than, yeah, we just were starting to go this slow realization, uh, which was a mild rebuke as well for just trying to wake up to reach a new audience and go on the front foot. So a lot of things starting to think about that what we were trying to communicate okay great um we'll maybe come back in a minute to some of the things that worked and didn't work but if i could just sum up what you were saying so you're a city center church in glasgow you've got a real mixed congregation but probably mostly reasonably tech savvy in terms of just being able to access social media uh pretty sizable church by ba scottish baptist standards um and you obviously had some in-house skills that allowed you to pre-make a video um, that I, I've seen it. So it's pretty high high caliber. Yeah, for sure. And I, I should probably give the caveat that I was led by a lot of those around about me and I definitely had a sort of tech savvy team, staff team included, who could uh, pull a lot of the recording together, sound. We had basically somebody who mixed the sound of the music uh, somebody who makes the the, uh, the the recording of people speaking, people, somebody who edited the filming and stuff, and then somebody who did some image. So we had a whole bunch of people that could uh, quite quickly turn that around. Great. Thanks. I'll come back to you in a second about what worked and what didn't. But Martin, let's bring you in. Um, you're up at Hillview. Could you maybe tell the same thing as Stephen? What, what's your context and uh, what's uh, what did you try to do? So Hillview is currently one church um, gathering in two separate sort of family gatherings, one normally on a Sunday morning and a Sunday afternoon. And uh, one gathers in Cults, which is a suburb of Aberdeen, and there's maybe about 170 or so that we gather on a Sunday morning. And then in Kintore, we, we have typically met on a Sunday afternoon, uh, and there would be about 40 to 50 that we'd meet uh, on a Sunday afternoon there. A heavy heavily weighted towards families but but to be honest quite a, a broad range of ages represented uh, that's probably the, the main things that you would need to to know okay and and then what did you try and do this past sunday yeah so i guess like Stephen, it's worth me saying right up front truthfully i was 
I was pretty slow to catch up with with what a lot of our other leaders wanted to do in the church, and, and I'm actually grateful they kind of dragged me along. Uh, I was pretty unsure where to go with this. But what we did was we went with a YouTube live broadcast at 11 o'clock in the morning, um, and we encouraged people as much as possible to gather together in their homes or however they could uh, to connect in with that that uh that sort of service, quote unquote. Now, it, it really, we were really clear that we weren't trying to replicate a normal Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon gathering. So we we, we shot for 45 minutes. Uh, when we added in a little bit of intro and probably me speaking too long, we ended up with an hour. Um, but we we basically had uh, some some prayer stuff. We had some mission updates, obviously, which is pretty crucial given what's going on just now. We had some stuff for the kids. We had a Jesus storybook Bible reading. Uh, we had a little bit of interactive stuff via live chat, which was really significant, I think, in the end, which was, you know, what are we thankful to God for? Um, some things about about prayer. Uh, and then I did a, I was shooting for 10 minutes, it was probably more like 12, but uh, a little talk. And then we closed off with a prayer. And that was our, that was our church at home YouTube live experience on Sunday morning, yeah. Brilliant. We'll uh, we'll come back to uh, what worked and what didn't in just a second. Just to fill it out, uh, um, I'm at Portobello Baptist Church uh, on the east side of Edinburgh. Um, our church is a lot smaller uh, than both of you guys. We're about um, 65 adults, 20 kids, something like that on a good Sunday. Um, local community really matters to us, and so one of the key things we wanted to try and do was maintain some sense of people connecting to a worshiping community. So we tried really hard to figure out what we could do with that and actually decided in the end that what we would do was a Zoom call. So um, we ran a Zoom call, which had about 37, 38 participants that came in, uh, but with families and stuff, we probably had about 65 or 70 people there, which is for us just about a reasonably decent Sunday morning. So that was quite interesting. Um, and again, we had visitors to the point Stephen was making that uh, some people are going to dip into this that maybe otherwise um, didn't. Uh, we chose the Zoom thing because we thought it would allow us to have maintain some sort of connection and being able to see everyone was actually really helpful. And one of the things that people seem to have liked, we did a service that was nothing like what we normally do, but it was quite heavily liturgical. I'll actually connect the PDF of what we did um, to this uh, podcast, but it was it was simply some readings. It had uh, uh, with a number of different people uh, do readings, with a number of different people pray. Um, we did. I did a talk that was like Martin's, just a little bit longer than I thought it would be. Um, we, we tried some worship, so we did some sung worship, which people appreciated. Um, we've learned a lot about the little practical things that we need to do to make that work, and we'll try that again next week. But but we were, for the most part, actually pretty pleased with how that worked out. The interesting thing is those are all three very different approaches, and for, for good reasons that reflect our community. And I think one of the key things that I think I've learned this week is that different churches are going to do different things and we need to celebrate that rather than critique that. I think it's really important that we recognize that there are going to be solutions that look 
that wouldn't be right for our own churches, but are going to be right for someone else's. And we want to uh, try and resource that rather than uh, critique that. So, Stephen, with your, your approach of recording beforehand, could you maybe just reflect on a couple of things that worked really well for that, and then maybe a couple of things that, that you would maybe do differently or potential challenges with that? Yeah, so obviously it worked well for me sitting back on Sunday morning with my feet up and coffee in hand with my family. So <laughs> that that was yeah. an unusual experience, uh, which I'll, I'll throw that into the mix. Um, I, I I think, uh, like you said, we 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 did a like I think it's fifty minutes in total. We did a a, a bit a more liturgical sort of call to worship and prayer, um, a few visual things that we're running anyway in our, our gatherings through Lent that we kept going, which is just artwork with uh, scripture readings underneath it, all the things. We did some worship that was recorded uh, live um, and uh, that people really, really seem to appreciate that. Um, and turns out you can do a sermon in 20 minutes and don't need to take 40 minutes so there we go there's a learning point uh, that that all of that I think why wow, just all we were banking on or sorry assuming we're going to have a few production things that are always going to improve but and there was a few things we could improve in terms of um sound quality if you can relate things but um but actually to be honest most of it just worked like there it it, yeah, it was uh, it was it's quite remarkable, and I think that some of the feedback was really good. Yeah, well, I was just going to ask both of you guys just because you've mentioned the worship thing, and that's something that's come up, and some of our some of our gang are keen to push for that. And I suppose I just like your your reflections on that. I mean, there's obviously there's a question of what, how would you set it up, and and how would you actually uh, what would your output be for that? I, I saw a video Ren Collective put out. I mean, it was super low-fi. It was four of them sitting on couches, um, and it was as low-tech as you could ever imagine. So there's a question of, you know, and I think, Stephen, you took a quite a different approach. I saw some of what you did. It was brilliant. But so there's a question of what you're putting out, but I guess I've still got a question of what are you shooting for in that in terms of, I'm thinking of families or, or, or individuals, like, sitting with an iPad in front of them. Like, I, I, I'm hearing... That the worship thing has been a real blessing, but I'm struggling to get my head around it a little bit. Um, and I'd be interested in your guys' reflections for that in terms of sung worship, particularly. Yeah, I, I guess again, one of our aims was just to try, as I said, was around just trying to give the place point of stability, so um, and familiarity. So ours was intentionally like what ours normally is. So it was literally the songs we would know, the the type of song you'd sing after the type of sermon you heard. Um, and we, we we had a PDF that sat with it that kind of was a wee order of service thing just to give people a heads up and an idea of, of what was coming. Um, the, yeah, that's a good idea. So that that was the, you know, that was kind of what we were shooting for in terms of ju just what we normally do. Um, and that, you know, I guess that encourages people to have the, chance to kind of sing along i mean what we did was uh we literally just sang along and um it felt like uh to ask the sort of 
however you describe the sort of blessing you get from just singing along to a good worship moment on a, uh, I think on a, whatever YouTube, but it just felt a bit more personal because it was our team, our guys. We all knew the context of the season. So I think there's a sense of togetherness, togetherness in that. I think that the reality is, as you pointed to, it doesn't have, like ours was a relatively high tech solution, although we would all say we're a bunch of amateurs apart from Scott who mixed it. But um, the, the sustainability thing means we're going to need low, low um, tech options going forward. And I think that's okay. We're not, I don't think we're going ahead thinking it was going to be possible to do this all the time. So we're, we're actually pre-recording a bunch of songs this week, as many as we can, um, just to have a, a bank of songs. Um, but I suspect the, yeah, that's kind of where we're coming at. I don't know if that addresses some of what you're asking. Yeah, I, I mean, I can talk to the lo-fi version, Martin. That's what that's what we did. So we literally had, it was me on a guitar and uh, my wife and daughter had to sing along with me as we did that. And then all the other Zoom uh, participants were muted because the, the system doesn't work very well if there's loads of voices at one time. So we, yeah, we, uh, we sang and encouraged people to sing along. And because you can see one another, there is a sense of being together. And actually somebody commented they liked it better than staring at the back of people's heads on a Sunday morning, which was, was pretty interesting. But yeah, so we did the lo-fi thing. So I can only talk about it as the person who did it. Uh, I mean, it, it felt a bit weird, frankly. And we only did one song because I thought it was going to be a complete train wreck. But the feedback we've had so far is that people would like a little bit more, which which is pretty interesting. But again, that goes to context, right? You know, our, our worship on a Sunday morning is is decent with what we've got. We, you know, people are give what they have, but it's not it's not a super high value for us in terms of like being super high production values and stuff like that. We, we you know we know what we are um, and there's an honesty to that that I think creates a space for us to do this lo-fi and still feel in context of what we're doing. Um, so yeah, good question, Martin. Thanks. Sorry, Stephen, we interrupted you, but I think you might have touched there on some of the, the challenges of your approach, which is the kind of sustainability of carrying on doing that. And so you're going to bank some stuff. Um, are there any other things that you think might have worked a bit differently or maybe better? Um, I think the, uh, we, so part of our worship was also the sort of call and response liturgy thing, which I think helped um, bring the sense of participation. Uh, I think we're going to be building them more stories of connecting um, with what our different communities around our church are doing. So we're going to, increase the sense of participation through like getting people literally be taking um, films on the phones, send them in, we'll edit them and we'll put it together and say, here's a slot. We, we would typically have a slot anyway, which is trying to say, here's what's going on in our community. Here's who we are type of stories. Here's what we're about. And we're going to get people around our church doing that, sending basically their self-isolation stories, yeah. their fears, their... Yeah. Encounters of God moments, so stuff like that. So, so um, what you're doing, it, it's it, it, um, 
so your reflections are less about the technology and the way we use it, but rather about what you put into that and how you make that work for you guys uh, in your context and building on the culture you already have. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I think well, we're, we're pretty comfortable with, and I've really appreciated the sort of pre-recorded bit, and I think we're going to persevere with it. Uh, okay. I think we're going to try some live prayer stuff, okay. um, which will be smaller scale and maybe Zoom, but I think... Um, the next adaption that might be a, a follow-on thing is just some of the stuff for kids as well. So we haven't figured that out yet. But. Okay, good. Yeah, Martin, what about you? What, uh, what went well um, and what might you want to think a little differently about with your, face, your YouTube live approach? I think what worked well for a lot of people was the fact that, um, you know, as much as you can go back and listen again to the, the YouTube video once it's finished, um, I think for the most part, people were glad that there was a there was a defined moment they kind of had to log on. Uh, and I think you know, one guy gave the example of you know I, I, I'll be out in my garden, but it's good for me to know that at eleven o'clock I have to come in and quote unquote gather together with my church family. So I think that was really helpful. The live chat feature I think was a real blessing actually. Now there's a technological challenge there. If people were, for example, Apple TVing or Chromecasting to their big screen, they were struggling to figure out the live chat thing. But for a lot of people, the engagement there was actually really precious. And again, it was a sense of, it was, it was fun. Uh, and also it was a sense of being together. And there were some lovely messages shared uh, at various points uh, for specific individuals. For example, we had, to welcome some, we had to welcome a family into membership. And just to see folk engage and type in lovely messages was, was really precious. I think keeping things moving quick was helpful for us so we had like lots of little slots now there's another challenge here which was we again things are moving so fast right and Tuesday night when we decided to do this we said right we'll get myself and Scott and Harley the other two pastors together to do this but you know really you know we're not going to be able to do that again I don't think so I think yeah. that brings in another challenge of something that probably didn't go so well which was the way the technology works without quite a high tech approach, it's difficult on YouTube live to bring in other feeds, other videos, other voices. Um, so we're going to probably have to look pretty quickly at buying some tech, which will enable us to do that because we're going to be down to one person leaving these broadcasts, I think as of this Sunday. And then what you don't want is just 40 minutes of, of me or someone else talking. Yeah. So we're going to have to find ways, you know, to bring in some of those stories that Stephen was talking about, what's God doing in this moment and, you know, how we, how we connect them with our communities, reaching out and things like that. So we're, we're, I think that's a non-negotiable. We'll have to find a way to bring in those feeds. Um, I'm not sure how, I don't think that's going to be that straightforward tech-wise. And the idea, truthfully, it was pretty, the, the other challenge of doing a YouTube live moment is it was intense in that moment. Like my adrenaline was sky high and i think the idea of doing that on my own like i'm pretty tech savvy but the idea of doing that and bringing in other feeds and stuff that that is stressing me out already so i can see the benefits of what steven's talking about of a pre-recorded approach but i think i think we're going to persevere with the live thing because I, I do think that sense of us being in it together in that moment all there online was was really special so we'll have to see how it goes but yeah we're going to keep going i think brilliant that's good um I mean, I guess from our point of view, there was a whole bunch went well. One was um, the fact that the Zoom call worked. It was really stable. Uh, people were able to connect in in a number of different ways. Um, so we had 
We had people who were coming in with a camera. We had one guy who'd gone out for a walk on his own proper uh, physical distance appropriate. Uh, so he was on his phone in the park um, and we could see him. That was kind of lovely. Um, we also had somebody who didn't have access to a smartphone who just called in from a landline to the Zoom call. So they were able to listen to the whole thing. And that's something we haven't talked about. And maybe it's, some, it's probably a different podcast, actually. But there's a conversation about how we're going to support well and keep connected in those who don't have access to technology, which is a, a, a proportion of my congregation anyway. So... Um, so that th those all went well. We had visitors, which was brilliant. Um, I, I think we've got some practical things around that that we want to think about so that if a visitor wants to remain anonymous, that we make that as easy as possible because on Zoom, you can shut off your video, but your name still appears. And there was one or two times when folks tried to connect with folks they didn't know before. And I just it, we're just going to have to say that's a no-no. Don't do that. Um, people will have to take their own uh, steps forward. So we're looking at some things we can do around making sure that guests feel welcome without feeling like they're being uh, that, that there's a, a deep vulnerability to their their uh, gathering with us. Because it, it, unlike uh, YouTube or um, uh, uh, an uploaded. Uh, sermon then the, the challenge with that is there is a you know you're seen to be there uh in a way that you're maybe not in the other ways um so yeah but uh, and then the other thing i think we're going to do is that we're going to have a curator i think who actually runs the call so they will it will be their job to mute and unmute uh so we actually that's worth saying it's worth setting up a zoom call whether you're using it for a prayer meeting or anything actually unmute everyone uh, sorry, mute everyone uh, when you start the main part of the call and then unmute by choice when you want people to participate because otherwise it turns into a great big mess. The other thing we did, and we stole this from a friend who'd done it the week before, was that if you've got responsive prayers, it's not worth trying to unmute everyone. But what you can do is choose one person to be the voice of the congregation so that there's a secondary voice. So that actually worked pretty well. Uh, pretty well too but um so yeah it, it worked for us like i said we had 37 i think in total were 41 different people connected into our call at some point um about 70 folks and with our plan we can get up to 100 people or 100 participants on so actually we could have quite a you know it's got some capacity to grow it's not it doesn't just have to be a small thing but we did do last week we did one of our house groups used it and it worked really well for that and then one of our, we did our church prayer meeting and it's the best attended prayer meeting we've had in, uh, in a year, which was great and actually worked really well on that platform. So, so yeah, those are, those were, would be some, some lessons we learned this past week. Just to, just to jump in on, on something that you both said, it's fascinating. I think we, I think this is something for the church just to, to press into. I think all of us have said that We've, we've well, sorry, you guys said, and I, I want to say, affirm this for us as well, just the opportunity to connect with those who weren't part of our church before. And I definitely had some similarly saying, oh, I'm going to check you out. If you're on YouTube, I'm, I'm interested. That's that's a, that's easy for me to, to listen in. And so that's really encouraging, isn't it? And again, that, that will probably have to shape what we try and put out there in terms of content. 
Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I, I think, you know, we we deliberately didn't go hard after mass advertising it uh, to guess because we didn't really know how it was going to work. Um, but I think that I, I have a bit more confidence about that. We're just going to try, like I said, try and find ways that even if someone drops in late, that they are, they can still feel welcomed without us having to stop the service all the time or stop what we're doing all the time to explain what's going on. But I do like Stephen's idea of the, the sharing a PDF of the service along with it so that people kind of can see what's going to happen. I think that will work really well. Stephen? Yeah, yeah. just the, the other thing I'm now thinking through is how, how much, it, it's a lot of the communicative stuff of the gospel, the story of Jesus, and how much, what, what I alluded to the wake-up call is, I mean, in theory, we all try every week to, you know, to, to present our, you know, either the sermon or our gathered worship as a, an intelligible thing that anybody can you know, experience, but within that, realistically, there's a whole lot of insider knowledge and speak. And I think the, the thing that I'm feeling most challenged with is just by putting yourself on the YouTube format, it suddenly reminds you that people's starting point is uh, the starting point are all over the place. And I, even as I was listening to parts of the sermon or parts of the the worship there's a whole lot of things of assumptions within the Christian story that I, th- I think for me, what I'm more mindful of going into this week and the weeks that lie ahead is, you know, it's, it's a bit like the equivalent of like, I player catch up reviews. It's like, there's a whole bits of like trying to fill in and, and just give people quick insights into the bigger story of um, scripture of Jesus to locate this, the, the teaching that you're in at the moment. So I, I feel that's one of the communicate things, no matter what the platform is, how we speak in a way, if we're, we're more mindful of uh, a new audience. Brilliant. Thanks, Stephen. I think that's a great place to end this actually, because I think all of us are going to have to be really conscious of that, that if we have visitors, then there's a profound opportunity for us to proclaim the good news of Jesus in the midst of this time of chaos and and confusion and I think remembering that people are starting from such a low bar means that we need to change the way we communicate in this new format um, so uh, bless you guys as you attempt to do that and uh, to all those of you who've listened uh, we'll be praying for you as you attempt to figure it out we're going to try and get some more folks who are doing different things technologically trying to figure out some of the ways in which we can share together some of this learning. So, uh, Stephen, Martin, thank you so much for your time. No, thanks for having us. It's great to hear what you're all up to, already taking notes and things to learn. Thanks. Thank you. Guys, uh, bless you. Have a great week. And uh, to all of you who are listening, uh, be safe. And uh, please do take some time to... Uh, Share your stories with other people because we're all in this learning process together. Bless you all. Uh, This is the Midcast. I'm Glenn Innes. We are out. You've been listening to the Midcast, a presentation of the Mission Initiative Group of the Baptist Union of Scotland.